0: Hey, thank you for joining us today, and today we get to be in our backyard, and so I'm looking forward to being able to open up God's Word with you right here in the natural beauty of our backyard. Now, because of that, there will be some sounds that you will hear. I do want to let you know that every bird sound you hear is actually the birds themselves. We have not piped in any other uh, sounds. Uh, You'll probably get a few dogs barking, maybe some trucks driving by, but that's life, and that's how we live it. But today, what I'd like to do is continue the sermon series uh, that we started last week, talking about how to thrive in isolation. There's one thing that we all have in common, and that is we are in the throes of social isolation. And because we're in isolation, we've really got two options. We can whine about it and complain about it, or we can thrive. So in order to learn how to thrive, we have chosen to look in the Bible and look to a particular person by the name of the Apostle Paul. Now, he wrote about half of the New Testament. And when he wrote it, a lot of his life was spent in various prisons because of his stand for Christ and so for Paul in this particular imprisonment that we'll be looking at he went to Rome and he was under house arrest and the interesting thing about that he was placed in a house that he had to pay rent for how about that and so while he's in prison he has uh, himself chained to another Roman guard and so he's got a Roman guard 24 hours day uh, Day and night chained to his wrist and for two years he is in house arrest so what does that mean it means he is in social isolation occasionally he could have a friend to come by and meet with him for a short amount of time but bottom line for two years it is him an occasional friend and a rotation of roman guards that are chained to his wrist but in the midst of this he thrived. And what we want to find out is how did he thrive? So each Sunday, we're taking a look at one of the books of the Bible that he wrote from prison and taking a particular passage that would give us insights into how he thrived thrive. Last week, we looked at the book of Ephesians. And so this week, what we want to do is we want to look uh, at a passage in the book of Philippians. So if you got your Bibles open, Philippians chapter four, verses 10 through 13. So I want you to read along with me as we read this passage. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length, you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity that are found in this passage. The very first one, and I'd love for you to write these down because they will apply to every one of us. The first one is this, understanding spirit. An understanding spirit. Okay, we just gotta be honest. Uh, You've been in isolation for six weeks. It means that you have spent more time with your family in six weeks than you did the previous six months. And because of that, sometimes people can get a little bit testy, a little bit edgy. Uh, One of my friends sent me a text and he said, my wife just complained. She says, you're blinking too loud. Well, that is what isolation does for us. It can make us a little edgy, can make us, you know, have a short fuse. So oftentimes that short fuse happens with the person that may be closest to us. Now now don't look at that person next to you. Oh man, I can't believe you did that. Well, listen, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hang in there because I am going to help you and I'm gonna help all of you because we want to talk about an understanding spirit. One of the ways that Paul thrived in his isolation was that he maintained an understanding spirit bottom line you gotta give people some slack he was writing a letter to the philippian church and this church had been his largest financial supporter and they had he had just received a gift from them. There was a man by the name of Epaphroditus who came from Philippi to Rome and he delivered the gift. And so when Paul wrote the letter, he said, hey, I greatly rejoice in uh, in receiving this gift. And, And he said, it had been some time since he'd received one. However, he said in receiving it, he said he had is excited that they had revived their concern for him that revived is a great word it's an agricultural term that means to sprout again to bloom again to blossom again and so it was just a thrill for him that all this happened and that they just showed their concern for him one more time but he had an understanding spirit because it had been a while since he'd received a gift but yet he understood it And the reason he understood it was that next line where he says, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. You're indeed concerned. He says, I know that you've been thinking about me. I know that you love me. I know that you've been praying for me. And I know you wanted to give me this gift, but there was not the opportunity. And plausibly, he was correct. If you just look back over his last few years, he was in prison for two years in Caesarea. And then after those two years in Caesarea, they put him on a ship and it took him seven to eight months to get to Rome. And along that journey, he had eight different stops plus a shipwreck. And then when he got to Rome, they placed him in a house and he was under house arrest. Trying to track Paul on a GPS was mighty difficult. But finally, they located where he was and they were able to send him his gift. And so once they sent him that gift, then he accepted an understanding roy, He gave them some slack, didn't give them a hard time. And it is without this, you will have a tendency to stew on things, to build up, and it'll make yourself miserable, and you'll make the people around you miserable during these times of isolation. So it is so important in order to thrive in isolation, have an understanding spirit. Now to go hand in hand with the understanding spirit is a softening of language. The second thing is a softening of language. We need to be aware that in any time of extended isolation, you can be testy and other people can be on edge not just your immediate family, but anybody that you communicate with. And so you want to be very careful the language you use of what you say, what you text, tweet, or post, because there needs to be a heightened sense of awareness. When you look at this verse in verse 10, one of the translations of it is this. After all this time, you have revived your concern for me. After all this time, you revived your concern for me. Now. Remember, this is a letter that's written to a church. They have to read it. When they read it, you can read it two different ways. One could be like this. After all this time, you've revived your concern for me. Oh, praise the Lord. Or you could read it like this. After all this time, you've revived your concern for me. What's up with this? What took you so long? You're my biggest supporter. I'm dying out here. Why haven't you said anything for me? And it could have been taken as something that was critical. You don't understand what I'm talking about. You know, when I, when I graduated from college and I moved to Birmingham and took my first job, uh, my parents were living in Atlanta. And it was like, hey, give us a call every week. And there were some times when one week became two, became three, and about three weeks, I'd give them a call. And when I'd call them, then the greeting that I would get on the phone would be this, so good to finally hear from you. Well, <laughs> that wasn't the happy greeting that I was expecting. Now, if I was looking at a transcription of that, you could look at it and say, hey, so so finally, so good to hear from you. But no, when you heard it like I heard it, so good to finally hear from you, they were a little on the upset side. In fact, I remember my dad would always say, how difficult is it to dial 10 digits? Uh, just get in touch with me over here. And so it's almost as if Paul saw that. And as he read that line that he just wrote, he says, you know what? I got to soften this language. And so then he came back with, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Soften the language. The book of James says that our tongue is like a flame of fire that can set our whole life ablaze. During extended social isolation, our homes are like dried kindling wood and a sharp, caustic, biting tongue can be that spark that ignites a fire that can burn down the bridges of our relationships. So in total isolation, in order to thrive, let's have an understanding spirit and also a softening of language. Now, Paul uses that to segue into some of the most important parts of his verse. And that is our third essential. And that is learning environment, a learning environment. In verse 11, he comes back and he tells them, hey, it's not so much that I am in need. It's not that I'm speaking of being in need for I've learned I have learned. And when he says, I have learned, he's saying what I'm about to tell you did not come about naturally. He had to learn this for himself. And a part of what he learned, he learned it in social isolation. Uh, This week I was talking to one of our members who's a businessman. And he told me, he says, you know, January and February were two of the best months almost that we'd ever had. And then all of a sudden came March. And when COVID-19 came, it just turned everything upside down. But then he added this to me. He says, you know, I think it is God reminding us and teaching us about what is most important in life. I believe that God is reminding us and teaching us about what is most important in life. So let me ask you a question. What have you learned in this time of social isolation? What is it that you're learning about? I think there's at least three things that you can learn in isolation. First of all, what are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about yourself? Are you selfish? Are you angry? Are you a grouch to live with? (laughs) Or are you caring? Uh, Are you one that's compassionate? Or maybe you're the fun person. What are you learning about yourself? And second of all is what are you learning about your relationships with others, Uh, with your spouse, uh, with your children, uh, with uh, children to parents, uh, learning about roommates? Uh, What are you learning? Do you have a healthy relationship or is it unhealthy? Is it respectful? or disrespectful? Are you one that's building up or are you tearing down? Are you loving and accepting or are you critical and demeaning? And the third is what are you learning about your relationship with God? When you think about your relationship with God, is it non-existent? Maybe it's static, maybe it's lukewarm. Maybe it is I want to keep God at arm's length or maybe it's fresh, it's genuine, it's growing. What are you learning? You see, during this time in isolation, you can thrive if you will treat this as a learning environment. God can reveal things to you that are in your life today. And God can also teach you some things that need to be placed in your life for the future. You are in social isolation. God has got your attention. You've got the time. Now take advantage of it and learn from it. An understanding spirit, a softening of language, this learning environment. And Paul said, I have learned. Well, what did he learn? Well, this is what he learned. It's the fourth point. And it is content, whatever the situation. Content, whatever the situation. In there, in this passage, when he said, Whatever situation I am, to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. Content in whatever situation. That word content uh, in the original language is a word that means contain. It means contained, and it means self-sufficient. During that day, Paul's day, a group, it was called the Stoics. They used this word, and, and they focused on the self-sufficiency. And what they said is that if you are content, it means you're self-sufficient. You have everything within you that you need to cope with whatever life may throw at you. You don't know, don't need any substitutes on the outside. Everything you need is within you. And he says, content in whatever situation. And I got to tell you, Paul had some doozies of situation. Now, I want you to listen to a passage in 2 Corinthians that Paul wrote about his experiences. And these were five years before this imprisonment. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 27. Listen to what he says. I have been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities and the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long. Enduring many sleepless nights, I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Wow. So what do we learn from this? Hey, never travel with Paul. (laughs) It's going to be a rough trip, but seriously, when he says content in whatever situation, that is pretty incredible. Now, for most of us, we say, well, I can't relate to any of that. Hey, but you can relate to verse 12 because in verse 12, He says this, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. every one of us that has any type of investments understands what it means to abound and to be brought low. In mid-February, we were looking at the Dow Jones to be over 29,000 points. And within one month in mid-March, it had dropped all the way down to 20,700. There was a 30% drop in the value of our investments in just one month. We know what it's like to abound. We know what it's like to be brought low. But you know what Paul says? I am content in the midst of all that. He says, I am content if I've got plenty or if I'm in hunger. If I have abundance or I have need, I can be content. Well, the question is, how is that? And here's the key. He says, I have learned the secret. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret to be content. Now that word secret is a word that was used for pagan religions during that day. And what it meant is that uh, it's where you discover the mysteries and the secrets of that particular religion. And so Paul used that same phraseology. I have learned the secret, I've learned the mysteries. Literally that could be translated. I have been initiated. I've been initiated. I've been initiated to where I understand contentment. Listen, when I was in a fraternity in college, there came that time for initiation. And when I was initiated, all of a sudden, it began to make sense. Understood the symbols, understood the sayings. Hey, you got the, the secret handshake. All the secrets were there. Everything was disclosed. And Paul says, I have been initiated. And he says, I have been initiated through trials and testing and isolation. I have been initiated into the secret of contentment. And so your question is, well, well what is the secret? That's the fifth point. And it's found in verse 13 and it is infused with the power of Christ. In verse 13, when he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you look at that verse, just break it down. I, that's a promise to you and to me, can do. That means to have the capacity or the power to do something. And it says all things. Guess what? All things means? All things. It means I can face any situation. Why? You can do this because through Christ who strengthens me. That means to pour into you, to infuse the power of Christ in you. Jesus pours His power into me so that I can face any situation. Uh, J.B. Phillips uh, in his translation says, I'm ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives within me. I love that. I'm ready for anything. And how can I be ready for anything? How can I be content? Whatever the situation is, is because I have the strength of the one who is in me. What Paul says is that you can depend on Christ for strength in all areas of life whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, to whether you're being praised or whether you're being persecuted, whether you're full or you're famished, to whether you're safe or whether you're suffering, whether you're in isolation or whether you are integrated back into the crowd, you can depend on Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, let me go back and he says content. Content in whatever situation. That word content, you remember we said it means uh, contained, means contained. So I want you to picture a container, an internal container. And Paul says he can face any situation because of what is inside that container. Paul has learned the secret of the container. And the secret of the container is that it is infused with the power of Jesus. Jesus has poured his power and his strength into that container, into his life. And so because of that, he says, I have all the resources that I need. When Paul uses the word content, he's not saying, hey, I am self-sufficient. He says, no, I am sufficient in Christ because Christ is is in me and so it is an essential that be we be infused with the power of christ paul is independent of circumstances because he is totally dependent on jesus the key is jesus christ and being infused with his power that power that is poured into my life so there are five essentials for us to be able to thrive in isolation there's that understanding spirit, a softening of language, a learning environment to take advantage of this, to learn, to learn about yourself, learn about your relationship with others and learn about your relationship with God. And then there is being content in whatever the situation is, no matter what curveballs life may throw at you, you can be content and it's because you've learned the secret. And the secret is the infused power of Jesus Christ in your life. This power is accessible to anyone who will yield themselves to Christ, who will fully surrender their lives to Him. Now, COVID-19 does not need to be a time of fear, uncertainty, and anxiety. Instead, it could be a new chapter in your life. It could be starting a first-time walk with God, or it could be strengthening an existing walk with God. This new chapter will allow you to not only thrive in isolation, but thrive every day that stretches out before you. So I'd like to take a privilege of prayer and I want to pray for you and pray for your family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for what we've learned today. Thank you for uh, the fact that the Apostle Paul gave us a roadmap on how we can thrive in isolation. May the things that we've learned today touch each one of our hearts. And Lord, may you do a work in our hearts. I pray you'll bring some to know you as Savior for the first time. And I pray, Father, you'll speak to others and help them to be even stronger in their walk with you. Guide us as we go through these days of isolation. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.